Welcome to the Olympod. I'm John Denon, a veteran award-winning boxing reporter. <laughs> I'm here with Dave Rogers, the minor voice of major Olympic sport, and Joshua Buatsi. Yep. The boxer so feared that he doesn't even have a fighting nickname, known oh, as Buatsi <laughs> to his enemies and friends. What is your ring nickname going to be? Uh, still trying to think of one, John. Even from we've been trying to think about this for ages, man. Um, oh no, I failed. Yeah, yeah, for a long time, and I'm not, I'm not too sure. But as I've always said, whatever it is, you have to live up to it. You have to, you have to reflect whatever nickname you're given. But um, I'm yet to, I'm, I'm yet to find one. And Do I thought think... the public would have given me one, John. But I think everyone's just saying JB, JB, JB. I think that's like an easy way out. So I'm looking for the hard way out. Who do you think's got the best and the worst nicknames in boxing? Good one. The best. Um, this question's for you as well, John. You can have a think while, while <laughs> I have a think as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, wait, there's someone I'm thinking of. Oh, the best one, surely. Nigel Ben, Dark Destroyer. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. And, and it shoots the whole yeah. persona and everything. Um, obviously a different guy now, but yeah, yeah, during those times, definitely, definitely, man. And the worst? Um, you know what, 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 what was Chris Eubanks' um, nickname? Well, he didn't have one. Simply the best. Yeah. Simply the best, yeah. Chris okay, Eubanks. Cool, yeah. cool. Oh, yeah, the, guy who, the guy who just who beat Julian Williams for the light middleweight titles, his nickname is Banana. Which I consider to be a terrible nickname. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what, John? I thought, you know what, Wes, you're either reading it wrong or it's pronounced in a different way. But I went over it, over and over again. Yeah, good fighter, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, exactly. But yeah, just calling yourself banana is not threatening. Nah, not at all. Arguably unless... the least threatening of all the fruits. Yeah, yeah. Unless he's saying, you know, um, you're going to underestimate him and you're going to slip. I don't, I don't know. That's the kind of that maybe the idea behind it. But it's a good fight. I watched that fight, um, and I thought there's no way he's gonna beat him. I said no way because I'm a big fan of um, the Julian Williams. Yeah, 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 he's really good. Ah, big, big fan of his. So um, yeah, I didn't think that would happen, but good result for him, man. So how have you been uh, coping in isolation? What have you been doing? What have you been watching? What have you been reading? Uh, so talk about things I've been watching. I've watched um, Snowfall on BBC iPlayer. Very good show. I'm a big fan of The Last Kingdom. Um, I couldn't keep up with Game of Thrones because there's so many stories and it was very, very complex. And John, when I was in camp, I used to get um, Blaine Highland to explain it to me as we were watching it. <laughs> and can you imagine how draining it is for him? So I gave up on that and then I came across The Last Kingdom which is basically not similar, but it's the storylines are good. There's horses and it's about, um, uh, what's it called? The Danes and some old English history and stuff like that. And King, King Alfred, King this, King that. So I like things like that. So I've been watching that. Um, what else have I watched? Most, you know, most importantly, I don't know why anyone told me about this, why anyone didn't tell me about this. Um, I watched The Crown and for some yeah. reason I feel, I feel like I know about the royal family more than anyone now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, no, The Crown was a good show, man. It was a good show. Speaking of The Crown, 
Boxing News was meant to be in the crown. I got phoned up by someone who worked on it asking if they yeah. could use um, like a cover with Muhammad Ali as a prop on set. Uh, and so like it wasn't my... I had to ask uh, one of my colleagues to give them permission, that kind of stuff. So I was watching the last season waiting for this cover of Boxing and, News and to appear. I didn't see it. I don't know if I missed it. Maybe it's just like buried like in the background somewhere. You, can, you, you need think... to bring that link and just ask them if they need, if they need someone, just <laughs> an extra, yeah, an extra basically is what I'm trying to get to. But you know, that program is very, very good, man. I don't know how true it is about the royal family, but just, you just learn a few historic things and, and the vocabularies they use in that, oh, listen, I'm pausing it every two minutes just to find out what that word means. Because as you know, John, I'm always trying to throw about big words <laughs> without knowing what they mean. Also, um, as, as royalty yourself, this is probably uh, useful information <laughs> to you. Yeah, but the scale of it, I think this is this is of a bigger scale. But um, nah, it's good, man. Just listening, hearing stories. And like I said, the the way they speak the Queen's language. Um, you speak the Queen's language as well. Um, Dave, I haven't heard you speak that much, but John <laughs> definitely, definitely speaks the Queen's language. I am frightfully posh, it's true. I'm I'm from I'm from South Wales, mate. You do not want to be listening to me uh, in terms of uh, in terms of a advanced vernacular. Anyway, well, that as way. the as the King of Croydon, I kind of need to keep up appearances. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm the King of Croydon, John. What are you talking about? There's only one way to settle this, but I see. <laughs> Oh, well, when, when you're ready, John, I'm, you know. As I've said before, I will fight anyone as long as we both adhere to social distancing guidelines. Ah, uh, yeah. How's that going to work? It means if you stay, if you don't come any, if you stay two metres away from me, I will fight you. Maybe, John, you can use one of those Japanese fighting sticks that you've got hidden in the living room. In there, yep. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's about time to whip out my katanas. <laughs> Don't even know what that means. That could ja- mean. one of my Japanese fighting swords. Wow! I didn't know they were swords. Crikey! Well, as a as, mate, you got to be handy with the steel if you know what I mean to earn your keep. <laughs> what you can't see if you're if you're listening to this as a podcast as opposed to watching the Zoom call. What you can't see is the fact that the throne he's defending is actually a yellow armchair from Ikea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, this is my wife's reading chair. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not normally allowed to sit in it for this special occasion. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, this is an amateur boxing podcast. So, uh, and, and Boazzi does actually have places to be. You are, uh, you're going to do some training today, mate. That's, that's quite exciting. I mean, it's something that you've done. Yeah every day for so long but to be getting back to it you must be pretty stoked about that yeah no i am it's, it's going to be just myself in the gym though but just to be in a ring to move to fill the ropes never ever did i think I was, i'd speak like this about boxing but yeah to to sweat to be out of breath in terms of um a boxing workout i'm looking forward to it man um it'd be something totally different like you said from doing it every day and then not having done it for about two months now. Um, even when you have a break of boxing, you're kind of in the gym, but not in the gym. But to completely have that cut off, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back in there, man. 
Uh, well, I was hoping today we could take a bit of a trip down memory lane and talk amateurs and Olympics and then maybe get some views about the the, the current crop because I know they're, they're all guys that you know particularly well. Yeah. Um, where should we where should we start, John Denon? Should we jump in at the Olympics or should we go back to sort of English championship days? Where do you want to go well, first? I would like to go to Samson in Turkey and ask Josh <laughs> about Olympic qualifying because that was um, obviously we had a, a qualifier in London recently that was yeah. ended after just a couple of days. Um, but your qualifier in Turkey again, you know, it wouldn't there weren't wouldn't have been a lot of people watching it, um, but it was incredibly important for your career. Can you talk us a bit about well, you know, the pressure of winning that Olympic yeah. place? how tough these European qualifiers are and how important it really was to get you to, well, to the big event that yeah. led to your successful pro career as well. Yeah. Um, so the qualifiers were in Turkey. Um, it was quite packed, John. Um, I don't know why they, they had a lot of people there. Um, I remember on the plane, let me take you even when I got on the plane, I watched a film called The Black Sea and um, it was about these guys that, it all became broke and basically there were submarine drivers and they all had different kind of jobs that would become relevant when in a submarine. So um, a guy hired them and said, listen, um, we're going to make one big move and to, you know, go underwater. And I think there was gold under there. I can't remember it. So basically they all came together. They went um, in the submarine, you know, in the Black Sea um, the story didn't end well, but I'll get to the point. And basically, we went to Samsung, and someone was like, "Oh, Black Sea, there's the Black Sea as well. We're right next to the Black Sea because we were near, we were near the the beach." And I was like, "That's so ironic." I'd watched the film going to Turkey or wherever it is, and then we came across this Black Sea. Um, but yeah, no, um, Turkey was good, um, competitive. Um, the first fight was a Belarusian boxer, and he was a European bronze medalist. Um, I remember getting the tactics horrendously wrong, but um, literally everything I was told not to do, that's what I did. But again, as you know, sometimes when I'm fighting, I just grind it out um, and I edged a close victory and that was the first fight. Um, so bearing in mind, this was the first, there were many opportunities to qualify, but this was the first of the last three. So it was the Europeans, then it would have been the Worlds, and then it would have been the Worlds again, which is like the very, very last boat. That's in July. So the yeah. Europeans were April, and then the Worlds would have been in June, and then the last boat would have been in July. Um, so yeah, after being the Belarusian, I boxed the Spanish, um, a southpaw like yourself, John, dealt with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but let, me, let me put out there again, gave me a good fight. Um, I think I won the first, he won the second, and it was based on the third. So gave me pushed me every every round. Um, the third fight was against um, Serge Mikel. He's a good pro now. Um, he's doing that. See the what's German. That? Yeah, what's that? Yeah, yes. that the M MTK are doing that. He's part of that tournament. Oh, the golden contract. The golden contract. Yep. Um, he he's a well. He's an Olympian as well. Um, he's a well experienced. Um, World Series fighter and APD boxer, so I beat him um, in the third fight. And he would have been like top ten, top five in the world at oh, the yeah, time, yeah. wouldn't he? Right up there. Yeah, 
easily. And then the fourth fight was against um, a Ukraine guy called what's his name, John? You know his Alexander Kishniak. Yeah, literally, yeah, currently probably one of the most frightening boxers in Olympic boxing. Like, he's a complete yeah, beast. Yeah, he's, yeah, after me, he went on to win the Worlds, the, the Europeans, um, whatever major is there, John? So I think the Worlds, the Europeans. Yeah, he won them both in the same And then year. he won the best boxer in one of them anyways. So um, now nah, he, he's, he's a good fighter. That, again, going into the last round, it was one apiece. Um, so it was literally based on the third round. A close fight, and, and to this day, I think I may have won it only because the way he fights is kind of like a bully, a bullying style. And I was just like, okay, this is great because sometimes I tend to fight like that. So I just basically met him head head to head. Whereas I noticed other fighters would run about and try and box, and you just look vulnerable, and he's dominant. And I thought, well, I'm not going to do that today. Um, and then. The fifth bout, so this this is the so I had five fights in about a week and a half. So the fifth bout, um, so after beating the Ukraine guy in the fourth bout, I had qualified. So the fifth bout was pressure off yourself, Josh. Um, you know you've qualified. You're an Olympian now. Um, who do I have in the fifth bout? It's Peter Mullenberg, um, a fighter who beat me twice in a row in my own country in London, and he beat me in Bulgaria in the European semi-finals. So then I beat him in Brazil in the Olympic test event. And then I beat him in the European qualifiers in the finals. So I beat him um, and it was good because that time he was 2-1 and I'd made it 2-1. And then this victory made it 2-2. So I thought, OK, if we meet in the Olympics, great. We can have a final strap. Um, I didn't fancy it, but I thought, you know, if it happens, it happens. But um, yeah, so it was five fights in a week and a half. Um, and that's when you think about it, Five fights in really tough opposition. Like that's an insanely hard tournament when you when you kind of think about it, looking back on it. Yeah, no, it was. And I think the only everyone was in that tournament. I'd say the only fighter that that every elite fighter was in there, the only missing person that had already qualified um was the Irishman Joe Ward. Um very, very talented fighter. Um he's been there, done that, he's won everything. <clears throat> he's even won the Europeans, I think, twice. So for me, I was like, he didn't even need to show up. But he had qualified, I think, via WSB or APB. So WSB is the five three-minute rounds. The APB is the, I think, eight to 10 to 12 rounds. Um, so he had qualified via that. Um, and also the French team had a professional who won a bronze medal at the Olympics. He had qualified via APB. Um, so they, they were the only two that weren't there but you know good fighters were there and I'm happy to qualify but like you said John that was the beginning we can keep going back and say what was the beginning but that was the beginning of the Olympic um, journey because I actually qualified um, and again was I expected to qualify I probably don't think so but I, I had worked extremely hard man I, I, I remember to this day the things I had to do um, and I knew I gave it everything. I knew I committed to it. So um, it, it was. It felt good to get the results for committing to it. Um, I remember watching a video that Chris Lloyd took of the moment your arm got raised and you'd qualified for the Olympics. Then you came out of the ring and sort of walked down the corridor and back into the change room and all the the people yeah. you saw from officials to teammates to coaches. And one of the things that struck me was obviously the, the sort of joy and the relief and the range of emotions that you were feeling. 
but also the fact that everyone was just so happy for you. And that seems to be something that the, that the GB programme has really got right. The team ethic seems amazing and you all really seem to sort of pull for each other and root for mm -hmm. each other as well. Is that what it felt like for you as a member? Yeah. You know, you know what? The, the, the whole GB thing is a family, man. Um, I can speak about the coaches, Lee Pullin, Gary Hill, Dave Alloway, Rob McCracken, Paul Wormsley. Um, I think they were like Bob Dylan. Um, for me, they were the guys that had a hands-on effect on me. There was also Paul Bennett. Um, there's there's a few that I've missed out um, that I'll probably get in trouble for, but they, they <laughs> were the guys that kind of handled me in the majors that I went to. And um, um, oh, there was a guy called Mark. I can't remember Mark's surname. Uh, Mark Ger Geraghty, Scottish guy, top guy. Um, but um, yeah, that is a whole family thing. So that's me talking about the coaches. Then there's the other side of it. You need to think about the staff that make the team, the physio team, brilliant people, man. That the we're talking about the video anal analysis team. They give you what you want to see. They they kind of tell you the rhythms and the patterns of the person. What you need to do. There's a whole support system, man. Um, even back down to the ladies at the office, Laura and Debbie, um, Ryan. There's there's all these people that it all connects, man. Um, and it's such a great function that 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 you know not a great function it's a great um what's the word there's a system there that functions very well um to help us you know just show up and to fight and sometimes they're like listen just get to the airport and i'll say to my mate yesterday even if you forget your passport they've got a spare on on, on the spot but it's like literally bring your body to the airport and that's it um so now they, there's there's a whole backing that goes behind it and when you get there all you concentrate about is you know, staying injury free. If you are injured, the physio will look after you. Make sure you're well and um and fit and strong enough to go again the next day if you have to. Um, and like you said, Dave, every boxer's happy for each other. We're we're, we're delighted and we're supporting each other. And um, boxing, as we know, is a walk that you have to walk alone. But when you're fighting, while I'm there, the least I can do is scream my head off. And when you come out of the ring, the least I can do is to congratulate you to make you feel on top of the world and that's what we do for each other man everyone does it for each other honestly did you expect that level of support when you first got selected for great britain um no because what well, as in from the staff or from the boxers? yeah just just the just the whole well both actually yeah um, I, I think from the boxers i thought yeah if, if we're you know there and the thing is at that point babe you're you're now there as the individual one at each weight category. It's not like there's three of you in the same weight category. So you can support each other and cheer each other. So I think from the boxers' perspective, I did. Um, from the support team, I thought they would be there to do their jobs and their jobs only, but they go far and beyond that. And you form a relationship with them. So that's when I'm like, this is amazing. Like, th these lot are not just a staff. Like, they're cool people. Like, I get on with them, they get on with me. They, they have my interest and I don't want to be on the physio bed every day saying I'm hurt and there's pressure on them. So if they give me a rehab program, I have to make sure I do do it. Um, and, and being obedient in that sense even helped me in the Olympics. And not many people know going into the Olympics, um, my right hand was, it was totally messed up. Um, and I had to go on a strict um, rehab program. When I say strict, I mean, time was against me so I had to go on a very 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 strict program 
which I had to carry on during the Olympics to actually enable me to fight fight after fight, um, which has been dealt with now. My right hand now is good. Um, my first two pro fights, it was still hurting me. But again, sticking to that program for over a year, that is it's amazing now. I can punch as hard as I want with either hand. Um, so yeah, now there's a whole backing system. Um, I've kind of diverted from what John mentioned about starting off in Samsung, but just to give you a whole background, that's kind of how it was and what happened. Um, and then after Samsung, the European qualifiers, we came back. Um, we had, I think, two weeks off and the f we had a camp in Ireland and a few of the boys um, did the World Series boxing finals because I think we were in there with Cuba. Um, as I said before, um, the World Series is five three-minute rounds. And I thought, you know what, I'm preparing for three three-minute rounds. I've just come from that and I'll be going to the Olympic Games to execute the perfect three three-minute rounds in a few months. So I didn't want to derail and go to five three-minute rounds. So I, I kind of waved it off. Um, the coaches understood and then I got ready and boxed in the Olympics. How did you hurt your hands? What, what happened there? It was inspiring. Yeah, I hit an elbow. It was literally that simple. Um, but again, sometimes when you're throwing a punch, you're so convinced you're going to land it that you put everything in. Um, and I hit an elbow, literally. But yeah. Um, but that that was a good warning because now I know what to do to protect my hands more in terms of how you wrap it up, um, what you need. You know, just rehabbing the hands, it, it, it taught me a whole different um, education in terms of that and yeah that was quite good man so you had to rely on your left hook to knock people out in the olympics <laughs> I, I've, I've i've always <laughs> had that john and i <laughs> and improve it but yeah no it, it was it was a good experience um, the whole program and everything and and i was only on the team for two years guys but what i learned within those two years is to uh, yeah to talk about how else i was going to learn it and where else i was going to learn it i don't know do you know what i mean um yeah if rio hadn't have gone the way it went would there have been any temptation to stay on for another olympic cycle or was it always the plan to to go into the pro game after the rio olympics i would have definitely turned pro how i would have gone about it i don't know if that would have been hard and this is where I have to express my gratitude just for life itself and for everything because the reality is um, getting this medal has put me in a better position than it would have had I not have got it. So I have to be extremely thankful um, for, you know, where I've started off just because I won the medal. Um, and it's a harsh reality that, you know, a medal in a tournament, in the hardest tournament in the world, really, the Olympic Games is the pinnacle. Um, as an amateur boxer so it's it's a harsh reality that you know just those few weeks dictates you know you know your value your worth your stock whatever you want to call it um so yeah it's a harsh reality but i'm very very grateful that i was able to come out on the plus side um very very grateful man because yeah it, and the thing is john john knowing my amateur history will know that i've boxed with great britain um I've gone to international tournaments. I've knocked out people in at international level a lot. But for me, it was it happening at the right time when the world was watching. I've been to Turkey. I've been to Bulgaria. I've been to um, Romania. I've been so many countries to fight and I have knocked out people. But 
it's like okay in Romania cool you're not someone out back home now even to Macedonia which many people don't even know where that is so I've been there to knock someone out but it's not heard of and, and, and it's not credited enough so I'm very very grateful that the moment it mattered when the world was watching I thought you know even doing well at the Europeans is a good thing putting down the Cuban in the world championships in Qatar is a good thing but they're good things but the moment that it mattered that the I, that the world was watching was the Olympic Games, and I'm grateful that I was able to display what I've always been doing because you can get to that stage and you can freeze. Um, and the Olympics was a surreal experience. I mean, coming out of the curtains before you walked out to the audience, there's a massive curtain, and they're saying, "Hold on, they're going to call your name in a minute." And asked Gary Hill and Paul Wimsley, I was screaming because I was like, "Right, this is surreal. The curtains are going to go." I haven't seen the stadium yet. I don't know what's happening, but I know the world is watching. So I was like, if you lose, cool, but do not get embarrassed. Um, <laughs> and I mean, and, and when the curtains opened up, the stadium kind of opened up and you could see the people. Um, but it was mainly the first guy I boxed was from Uganda, um, two-time Olympian. So Katende. Like, yeah, yeah, I think John's good pals with him. You see, John's, uh, John's friends with my mates. Dad, 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 box. Um, <laughs> but we're going to let that slide. I'm gonna let that slide. But, Just, I know a lot about the shady decisions that have got in your favour. Yeah. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. <laughs> so that's like, I boxed Katende. Um, I went in thinking he, he he's not that young, but he's got the experience. He's, he's a seasoned World Series fighter as well. Was managed, was able to get the win. I think I stopped him in the third. Um, and then I think that was his fight. third Olympics. Oh no, yeah. it was his second Olympics, but his third Olympic cycle. So I think, I'm not sure if he, I think he didn't qualify for London, but he definitely you're been right. in Beijing been, 2008, like very experienced. Beijing boxer. 2008, and yeah. you're right, he probably didn't do 2012. And then, yeah, so I, I stopped him in the, top, in the third round. And then the second fight was against the Uzbek, the highly talented Rosalov. I think he'd won a lot of world championship medals he was the flag bearer of his country um, and I was thinking being a flag bearer is quite big for boxing but it's the flag bearer of the country as a whole the whole nation he was good and at, this is where I was like you know but you beat Katende world on champ this guy here southpaw good feet um, I think when I was watching the commentary this, I think they said he's very fleet footed is that the right term or is that not the right term? Yeah, Someone yeah. Good and quick on his feet. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, uh, this is what you don't want. And it's not like he's from a random country. He's an Uzbek, good boxer, knows what he's doing. They said yeah, multiple world medalist. Exactly, multiple world medalists. So I thought, yeah, this will be a good test for you. You're not experienced enough to get the result you want. But again, the bell went and I thought, while I'm in here, you could give it a go. Um, and thankfully, I was able to come on the other side of the result. So, that yeah, I was happy with that. Then boxed um, Ben Chabler. Um, the thing about Ben Chabler, not many people know this, I'd heard of him years ago because I went to Ghana uh, to train with the Olympic team and they said, well, actually, you're good. But the All-African champion from Algeria, who beat you, he's very good. And at this point, I was only 18 um, and his name was Ben Chabler. So I never, ever forgot him. Um, and I drew him, obviously, in the bout to win the bronze medal to secure it. Um, and as you know, man, there's, there's 
when the stakes are that high, you're like, mate, give it 110%. Um, and yeah, again, thankfully was able to come out on the good side of it, managed to beat him. Then I lost to another good friend of John Denham's. You see how many <laughs> friends he's got that I've encountered? I am a big deal. I'm a big deal in Kazakhstan, as you well, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Me and Adilbek Nizimbatov, yeah. we understand each other. Both slick southpaws. <laughs> Wait, so, so John, so... You're, you're I just saying. befriend people who are fighting for Atsi. Literally, so so yourself and Adelbeck, um, like you said, um, you understand each other. Are you saying you're of the same talent, or <laughs> or just as associates? You know each other, or oh, look, I'm, I'm saying we're of the same talent. I, but, I don't like but I don't intend to demonstrate it anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> right, but no. So then I came across him. He he he's again a multiple world medalist. Um, and in 2012, he, he got to the finals again. He got a silver. Um, the thing about this defeat was I sparred. Remember, after we came back from the European qualifiers, I said we were in Ireland. We went to Ireland for a training camp. And then some of the boys did World Series. And then I said no to it. So when we were in Ireland, Kazakhstan were there. So I had sparred him, let's say, two months, two and a half months before the Olympic Games. And the sparring worked quite well in my favour. And I was like, this is great. So I was like, cool, you sparred him. You know what to do. But the thing, the, the difference is when I sparred him, I went on the back foot. That's usually his style. So I made him come to me. But as we can remember, the Olympic Games, I was having so much success going forward that when I drew him, I was like, why on earth would I change the tactics? I'm just going to keep going forward. But that fell into his game plan and he was smart um, enough to outmaneuver me and, and to nick a shot here and then. And and in my in my opinion, he did what he had to do to win. Um, I always tell people, do what you have to do to win. If you have to hold to win, hold. If you have to trip someone up to win, trip him up. If you have to, okay, don't trip up people if you're listening <laughs> to the advice. Don't trip up anywhere. But basically, you get the drift. He did what he had to do um, to win. And um, yeah, man, he, he went on to losing the finals again um, very unfortunate um, but when I was on the podium I was like good because I, I, I felt a bit dodgy about his decision <laughs> but like listen man he's a great fighter um, all great fighters man and and not just even the people that didn't medal I mean not the people not just the people that medaled are great fighters the people that didn't neither because qualifying for those Olympic games getting there is very hard um, and and while we're there, do you know who didn't go to the Olympics that year? It was was the Ukraine guy called again, John? Kizniak. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't I, I I had beaten him in the fight that mattered, and in the last attempt, Ukraine then sent another light heavy. So it proves that you know even those that were in the Olympic Games, they're good fighters. They just may have drawn someone that went on to qualify or someone that did well. So um. Yeah, we're all good fighters, man. Um, yeah, we're, we're all top fighters. Yeah, no, it's amazing when you think about it. Like you, you basically had to win the European Championships to qualify. <laughs> Kishniak, who we saw on the last day of the European qualifier in London, destroying the Azerbaijan oh. middleweight, who's an Olympic yeah. medalist, and you destroyed him in a round. Yeah, yeah. I was doing an interview with David Naika, really good New Zealand, uh, well, really light heavyweight, yeah. uh, heavyweight. 
and he didn't qualify for Rio 2016 and he's like top-notch boxer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He, he qualified in for 2021 though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. qualified for that, yeah. Very good fighter, man. Um, and he was... Um, this may be wrong facts, but I think he's the first boxer to win the Commonwealth at light heavy and then move up to 91 and to win it. I don't know. There he is. I believe you. He did, he's done that. Yeah, he's a two-way Commonwealth Games gold medalist. Yeah, very good guy. Though. I've, I've shared a lot of rugby with him in Sheffield. Um, very good guy, yeah. All right, well, we've not got you for much longer, Josh. Uh, so before we let you go and train... Um, what are your thoughts on the current crop then? Both those who've already qualified in terms of the great British athletes now, not the not the rest around the world. Um, what are your thoughts on on the current team? The guys who are well, those who've booked their places in Tokyo and those who are still aiming to do so. Brilliant team. Um, we've had Gilal Yafai who's qualified at forty nine kilos, um, fifty two. Sorry, fifty two kilos. Him for me, it was expected. He was very unlucky in Rio. Um, he lost to the Cuban, I believe. Um, a close fight that if you watch, you're like, actually, did he lose? But we, we moved on from that. He came on, he proved himself. European medalist, Commonwealth medalist. He's proved himself. And um, I'm glad and delighted for him to qualify. Um, at 57, we have Peter McGraw, um, the highly talented. He's a world medalist and a European medalist and a Commonwealth medalist. Um, funny story about Peter is he came to Rio as um, not as a spectator but he came they brought him just for the experience mm. to see how it would work with the hope that he would be at the next Olympic Games so let's give Great Britain props there that's yeah. worked out you can tick that off like I said he's a world medalist now a European medalist and he's qualified for the Games as well um, at 63.5 we have Luke McCormack um, one of the mad twins um, as we <laughs> Yeah, good fighter Lucas. Um, had he have had the opportunity to box to qualify um, a few months ago, I think he would have definitely done it. And the thing is, we speak about his brother at 69, who's a world European Commonwealth medalist. Um, but I think Lucas also very good. And although we kind of look at Pat because he's medaled in the majors, I think Lucas is not one to forget about because... I see him in the gym all the time and I'm thinking, you're good as well. Like, I know we talk about Pat, but I'm like, you're very good. We speak about Pat a lot because I think um, when I look at Pat's fight, I'm like, um, there's, there's a clear winner. Pat doesn't make you guess who's winning or who you, you're favouring to be winning. When Pat's boxing, there's a clear dis- distinct distinction on who's winning. It, there's no complication. Um, like we said, he's won loads of medals. Um, so the McCormack brothers, 63 and a half and 69. 75, we've got Lewis Richardson, um, who boxed actually once in the... Um, he boxed once in the qualifiers a few months ago in London. He won his first fight. Um, not to mention that Pat also came... Pat McCormack at 69, came to Rio with me. Lost the fight to a Cuban where many said he actually won. Um, and that was at 64. He's going to 69 now. He's matured. Um, it's going to be very, very hard to get a decision over Pat McCormack. That's one thing I do know. Um, very, these are just facts. This is not just favoritism or anything. John, you're laughing, but these are just facts. I'm, a, I'm agreeing. Yeah, let's just put it out there. It's facts. Um, and then at 81, we've got someone who 
I think at 81, Great Britain hasn't... We, actually, Tony Jeffries got a bronze. Um, and after that, there wasn't a secure like heavyweight until, um, you know, I managed to kind of live up to a little bit of expectation and I won a medal. Um, and then when, obviously, the Atom Pro is like, oh, well, who's next? Um, and we've got we've got a very, 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 very... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm just trying to think of the words that I've been learning from the crown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we've got we've got a very we've got a talented fight that we can be so sure of um, in the form of um, Ben Whitaker. Mm. Good fight. The thing about Ben is, I used to spar Ben when he was at 75. I sparred Ben and John Doherty in my prep for the Olympics, so they gave me the rounds. This was four years ago. They gave me the rounds constantly. And it's good to see Ben move up to that weight now, where he's a world med. I think he's got he's got a world medalist, yeah, world medalist and a European medalist as well, um, Commonwealth Game medalist, medalist as well. You know, leading up to the Olympic Games, I was never in that position. So Great Britain can we can rest a bit, knowing that you know what, going into this, we've got a light heavyweight that's majored in all that's medaled in all majors. Um, so great fight, Ben. Um, and then at 91, we've got Sharon Clark, um, who's also measured, uh, medaled in the Europeans, the Commonwealth Games. Um, Chev has been in with the Olympic champion twice. One of them, I definitely thought Chev beat him. While we talk about this, you see like Lawrence, he got on, I, I love to say this about Lawrence, and he's the most confident boxer on this planet. Not that I've come across, but as a whole. You're, you're not going to come across any boxer that has so much confidence in themselves than Lawrence Coley. And there's one thing being confident and then there's another thing having to go out there and to prove it. And that's exactly what he did. He got on the t- onto the team very, 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 very last minute. Um, we'd go to tournaments and before they'd start, he'd say, yeah, I'm going to win this. And the staff and the coaches would be like, you've only just got on. These are your first few tournaments what makes you think that and he'd go out there he lost a few but he'd go out there and beat those guys again and to do well and in the European qualifiers he won a gold he had to beat um, highly ranked world opponents not European opponents world opponents um, and Shabbos had to do the same as well um, so again this is a fighter that we know when he's in that ring it's going to be 100% effort and he will come out on top he puts in the work 91 plus we've got Fraser Clark the all-time veteran who has been very unfortunate in the sense of having two great super heavyweights that have kind of had the go-ahead sign. Um, And they've obviously come back with medals, which is what the country wants. Um, So we can be sure that someone of Fraser's experience, um, he'll come up with a medal. When I went to the Games, yeah, I saw fighters there that I was like, Fraser's beaten these guys before. And I was just like, it's just unfortunate he's not here. But you know, we had the juggernaut, Joe Joyce, who won out there, in my opinion, won the gold, wasn't able to be given it. But um, yeah, man, so we, we've got a very good team, um, John and Dave, 100%, I told you that. Um, I get to see these guys as well, so I'm not just talking as as a fan of the country, I'm just like, nah, I see these guys at work, I follow what they do closely, so I can, I can give a, a uh, an honest testimony about this. It still means a lot to you, doesn't it? The GB programme and everything that goes on there and, and seeing those guys being successful. 
Yeah, because I, I, I asked the head coach, Robert Kraken. I was like, oh, so, you know, GB Watson's good. Like, what, he was asked the question. Not even I asked. He was asked the question. And and they were like, what's, what's GB Watson? He goes, it's to, to, you know, to give people an opportunity in life. And I was thinking, well, I was thought the answer would be, oh, yeah, to create boxing champions, to do this, to do that. But he's right. It gives you an opportunity in life and if you're good at it and you do well opportunities open up and that's exactly where it's done for me so this program although there's a boxing program it, it's done more than boxing for me um, and i'm forever grateful to it we're gonna have to leave him go now i'm afraid johnny's got places to be uh, before we before we go jb boatsy or boache so my surname is boache what so the second one boache. Yeah. Boache. i've been pronouncing your name wrong for the last yeah, you have got so so I'm I'm glad they brought this up so it's watch it but the way it's spelled if you look at it from the European point of view you just say Boatsi um, and it's spelled like that just from where I'm from in Ghana that's how they spell it. Um but yeah. So so when you when you have your um when you have your first world title fight and you win and Buffer announces you as the whatever it is, the WBC world champion. Would you like him to say Boatsi or Boatsi? Good reminder. I'm going to have to have a word with him, Cree, and I'll just a reminder of how to say it. But um, yeah, now it says Boatsi, not Boatsi. But John, I don't think you're going to remember this next time, but I'm expecting you to remember. My it. God. So every time I've spoken to you for the last eight years, I've just been offending you by pronouncing your name wrong. Daily, mate. Well, actually, I know my name is actually pronounced Dunen. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> I like that. But I feel like you're wiping this up. Yeah, I made, I made that up just to try and distract from my shame. Oh, very good. Right, uh, Josh, look after yourself, mate. Look forward to catching up with you when lockdown's over. But this has been... Thank this you has been so, so much, much, Josh. Thank you. I'll speak to you, Don, yeah. Thank you. Speak to you later. Bye-bye.